Yeah, of course. There's a little lag, a little latency. Lag, lag. Jesus Christ. We'll get to everything. You are now about to witness the awesome, a crushing might of the Eugene S. Show 12 hours late, longer than that, 24. Stop! Yeah, the kid is sleeping. Here I am from the home office. Welcome to version number two, four, zero of the Eugenius Robinson Showstopper. I'm your host, Eugenius Robinson. Got a lot to talk about today. White power. Yes, white power versus white supremacy. UFC fight night. A little bit of that on display. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. As as well as why and how and for what reason I missed yesterday's show. But first, let's let Bob Riley sing us in. As he has every week since 2007. 2007. The band is called Stigmata. The record is called Calling of the Just. The song is called Intro All of Nothing. Still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, where they shoot you to death in a nightclub. They hit your car with a hammer and they run your mayor pro tem out of town on a rail. Listen, listen well. But I could not see so clear, but I'm taking a real good look at you. Now I'm taking a real good look at your face. So being paid back in full always nothing. All right, all right, my friends. Here we are on a two, a four, a zero of the UGS Robson Show Stomper. Every if you could see the look, the look of this place, it is like as my great grandmother used to say, it looks like the wreck of Hesperus. Because, well, first of all, let's get the commercials out of the way since your your meager dollars keep the show afloat. Or at least let me know that you love me. There you go. I got some light on the matter. Uh -huh. So uh, I don't give out PayPal anymore because I'm trying to decommission that. Cash App or Venmo, one of the two. One, it, uh, Venmo now is virtually PayPal. One of them is Eugene-Robinson-28. I can't remember whether that's Cash App or PayPal. Uh, the other one is Planet Oxbow. Uh, capital P L A N E T. Oh, God. Uh, Oxbow, O X B O W. That's the Achilles tendon that's biting me right now that, uh, that I'm grimacing about. Um, and if you want to go Patreon, patreon.com uh, patreon 
slash uh, the stomper. And I would uh, no more money through the mail. I'm trying to decommission a mailbox as well. Um, so if you if you let's see, um, we'll get to that later. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot to show. Uh, but my, my point being largely uh, any any amount that you give is well uh, appreciated, though we're narrowing the, the, the mediums down by which you can actually give. It doesn't matter. Your support is significant. And I suggest if you haven't done so already that you uh, click the when you subscribe to the channel, you click the notification thing since it lets you know that we're having a show specifically because I'm also less on Twitter because I just come for the fights on Twitter. So I come and I'm not really counting on it as a way to let y'all know what's going on. Um, and of course, deviating from the normal time zone. I don't expect a, a lot of you to be sticking with me on this one, but that's okay. That's fine. It'll be there on the YouTube, the Eugene S. Robinson Showstopper YouTube channel when and if you are ready to hear what's happening. So let's let, this has been a, 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 a supremely weird week and, um, and we'll get to the fights uh, momentarily, I had seven cares on the card, strangely enough, and I went three and four. So thank you for that, you fucking scrubs. So that's why uh, we're not leading with that because I'm cranky about it. But um, let's if you if you've got if you subscribe to the Substack, which is how we end the show, right? Look what you made me do. That's a Eugenius Robinson Substack. You've read White Supremacy versus White Power. White Power um, uh, uh, colon discuss. And so you, you might be like, hey, Mr. Robinson, like, how come you, you've been thinking about, well, of course, this has been the topic of last week because Kanye and uh, 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 Nick Fuentes and Milos Yiannopoulos, who is no longer gay, apparently, he is a reformed gay, no longer gay, doesn't do gay things, doesn't have any gay thoughts and no gays, not the gay thing. He's not doing any of the gay thing anymore. He's completely ungay. Uh, um, went on a, a, a show and said things along the lines of, uh, "I love Hitler. Take a drink. Uh, I think Nazis were great. You know, take a drink." Early in the show, when the first three minutes here, we got Nazis and Hitler out of the way, so it just seemed like. And then, of course, there is this. It is what is that whole thing? The the, the loyalty pledges that in Catch Twenty Two was such a big deal. So people are like, "Yeah, this is fucked up." And then they're looking at their friends who are hoping, waiting for some sort of uh, uh, agreement and not getting any kind of agreement. Well, this is fucked up, question mark. And those friends are like, well, yeah, no, this, this is, yeah. <laughs> there's no well. If we're talking about existential threats, I got to quote B.B. Netanyahu on this one. Given the history of my people on this planet, if I have a choice to, to, to overreact or underreact, I'm going to overreact. Hence, the 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 the, the Substack and dealt with in a way where it's like you know the algorithm, the algorithm, and we know the algorithm that we're talking about is designed specifically to enrage you. It it is a rage machine. So let's not get caught up in that. It's you talking to me or me talking to you. There's no need for rage. There's no need for you know. I p present you with a plate of poop. Some people would eat it. Some people don't. I present you with a nice, well-cooked piece of whatever. And then maybe you, you, you not poop. Maybe you eat it. it's to your taste. It to your, we don't have to fight. Like uh, Pacino says in Glen Gary, Glen Ross, you know, you believe in one thing. I don't. We might believe in different things. And that's okay. 
Uh, uh, but in this instance, in this instance, I have to say, first of all, you, you can't be taking any advice from a guy who doesn't read books. Okay. Uh, and this is, since this seems to be his North star, Ye's North star, I do have to say, say what you want about Hitler. <laughs> he at least had some minor appreciation for the life intellectual. Like if, if, if Goering had said, Hey, you know what? I don't read fucking books. Books are stupid. He would not have been invited back to parties. <laughs> you know? So you didn't take any fucking leads from Kanye, but I've never liked Kanye. I've never liked Kanye. And, and, and if we go back, back, back to the genesis of it, it had to be the spin interview that introduced him to the world. You've heard me on the show before talk about it. You can't down a shillelagh me on my own show. But the reality of it was he had just bought like a $250,000 gold embedded necklace of Jesus Christ. And in the middle of this interview, which is primarily with Jay-Z, JC looks at it and goes, why are Jesus' eyes blue? Which completely derails whatever kind of sensible PR might have been going through Kanye's head for the rest of the interview because he's now obsessed and it's burning a hole into his head. This idea, well, Jesus, how, what, who, Jesus, blue eyes, white, am I part of a... And so he, it, it was, it was like taking a top and slapping it off a table. It was still spinning, just not in the right direction. And uh, hey, there you go. And I think you can largely say the same about Kanye, Kanye for the, for the entirety of his career. So, you know, from college dropout on whatever his records are called, I guess I was exposed endlessly to Gold Digger, um, which I have to say made makes the skin on the back of my the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. I don't know why that some music has that reaction. It's not like I think it's especially good or trenchant or important. But there are a couple of lines in that that just hit exactly. And it's more the music where I could, yeah. But don't, okay, guy hits once. It doesn't justify the kind of placement in our lives that he, he only has his whole, whole own section on Apple News. It's disturbing, Mr. S. <laughs> yeah, does it read? Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> so he, he's, he, he's out of his mind. So I start to think, you know, and I'm sitting around and we go into, if you, you know where I'm going to go next with this, if we go into, if we go into, uh, uh, if the shoes fit and every week I come up with a misty ass fuck, somebody who's in the lost battalion, somebody, uh, Alexi is actually given the segment the name Misty AF. We're trying to keep it clean. I can no hope of me doing that on this show, Misty AF. And I say white supremacy and kid Nate is, you know, he's on the show and he's about to like, start mocking and making the jokes in the lab and, and but they can't well, wait, so wait wait we got kanye yay black guy nick fuentes latino milos yanopoulos a gay man and it for a good measure if you want to even though they've now broken with each other want to throw in the extreme right you could put ben shapiro a, a jewish guy and it dawns on me that this is really not about white supremacy. This is like the, the uh, what is that thing on the little rascals? Female woman haters club or something? Male woman haters club? But this is this is some weirdness. And so to get some perspective on it, and I tell you, and if you read if you read the Substack, you know where I'm going with this. So to get some perspective on it, I decided to call Mr. Jim Goad, who has been on the Substack before in the Five Easy Pieces section. And uh, hey, thank you for, uh, by the way, those of you who listen, thanks for spending lunch with me. 
I'm at work, but this is my lunch break. So I'm lunch breaking it to double duty. Uh, I'm not eating, which is strange. I should be eating during my lunch break, but I guess I won't eat lunch today because I'm a fat bastard anyway. I, I, I'm now up to two a week, unbeknownst to me. I don't know how it happened. So I called Jim Gold. And this is during the fights that I called Jim Gold. And Jim Gold says a few things, writes a few things, texts me a few things, and called and says, let's call. So let's do it after the fight, after I put the kid to bed and after the fight. And he's like, oh, and then somehow we couldn't get the Skype going to, for me to be on his show. But then he gave me a treasure trove of, of quotes, some of which I use for the piece and some of which I will share with you now because I just couldn't go into. In other words, it is so deeply crazy and disturbing that where I have attempted to write it in the Substack, there's a point at which people would have just shut down and stopped listening and stopped reading because it just sounds like agitprop. So he says, it's a bit emasculating, isn't it, right, that your that your movement that your movement is represented by the people that presumably you hate. He said, you know, uh, and Fuentes was there at one point when they were trying to position what happened in Charlottesville in a way he said that they weren't saying that, uh, he said that he was trying to position it along the lines of, or one of these cats was, I don't remember precisely who it was, that they weren't saying Jews will not replace us, but that, that they had Latino accents and were really saying Jews, Jews will not replace us, man. And I don't know whether Nick Fuentes had suggested that or whether somebody had suggested that and the very Latino Nick Fuentes turned it down or shot. But then he starts going into some cat, Matt, something or other that's connected to these guys. And these are names. I mean, this is deep down the far right rabbit hole, but this is all like Reddit Internet stuff. And he said this one guy like live streamed a report from the anal rape of a woman that he knew. What? Yeah, I can't, couldn't have written this stuff. The woman, then lot, she passed out drunk, and then she starts live streaming. And she starts, and Goad, he is bragging to Goad about it on like Goad's show. Goad was like, oh, though he's been in prison for DV, got into a fist fight with his girlfriend, they just show up and say, yeah, you're going with us. He's concerned, calls, calls back. And now she's in the ambulance or she calls him back. She's in the ambulance because apparently this far right cat who anally raped her when she was drunk left the door open. And then a black guy came in. This woman lives in Chicago and then raped her. The woman is on gold show and saying, I do have to say that the second rape. I do have to say that the second rape was much more pleasurable than the first. I can't, I can't have written this stuff. So Goad gets Matt, this far right rapist on the show, confronts it with him. He starts calling uh, Joe, a Goad a faggot. And then, then there's this like, and suddenly in his telling, this conversation that I have with Goad for 20 minutes uh, uh, after the fights, I just start to think they're all out of their fucking minds. It seems obvious. And then he hits me with the coup de gras. And which is something that it was right there the whole time in your face and you didn't see it. And he goes, and isn't Pete Davidson Jewish? It's like, what the fuck? So I look up Pete Davidson, turns out like on his, mater uh, his paternal side, his maternal grandmother was Jewish. Jewish enough, I guess. 
you know, what is it, the the, the protocols uh, in, in Germany about partial, when they were, Himmler and the SS were tracking down, you know, your genealogy with the Jewish genealogy, that would be enough. And then I start to think, you know, far right movements have always fixated, weirdly fixated on the sexual, you know. Any bit of Nazi propaganda you know, was accompanied by, you know, the lurking, you, you know, plundering Jew that had evil intent on this German womanhood. And this very penal, you know, and of course, the slaves didn't show up here in tuxedos. They showed up naked. And so there's been this whole this whole thing. Every lynching was, you know, you know, accompanied by a castration. These things that are not commonly shared. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's Pete Davidson. <laughs> yeah. So, so. Well, he doesn't have the tattoos, you know. So, um. So, uh, go. Uh, but then that's not that's not why two things happen. I text Jim Gold, and he called like calls me at the same time, or texts me at the same time, and. Though I'm asking him a question, he's responding with a question, and his question was, "Did you get the book?" I go, "What book?" And he goes, "You need to check your mail, man." And of course, the book that I have here, just in time for Christmas, are all four issues of his uh, groundbreaking magazine. Uh, answer me, you see, answer me, and uh, and of course, the back cover says. Uh, I don't know if he can read it. He's like, keep hate alive. And it is, it is a tough read, the magazine. It is a tough read if you've seen it before and completely compelling. So I ran to the post office after we talked and I got it. And sure enough, the book, the book, the book was there. And then he starts to tell me about the difficulty he has in getting the book printed. The people who printed it before would have printed it again. The political environment has changed so that, you know, um, so that, it's just a hot topic. He, and then he goes to China and the Chinese said they print it. And then they finally said, hey, you know what? It's just too violent and weird and we're, we're not going to do it. Finally, he ended up finding a, a printer in Seoul, Korea, who did it professional, cheap, quick, fast. And now he's got this book out in time for Christmas. I haven't started reading it yet, but I don't have to because, of course, I read every issue of Answer Me magazine when it came out completely compelling magazine. And when I say compelling, um, in this instance, I mean, it's a hard read. Uh, like I, I, I prefaced the, when I talked about Peter Sotos and his Total Abuse book, which was a collection of all, some of the stuff, most of the stuff he had published in his magazines, also a tough read. I didn't really suggest you read that one, but Goad, it's tough and worthwhile. I'm not saying Sotos is tough and not worthwhile, but it's a very specific area. And it's like Robe Grier, once you've read one, you're fine. But answer me is a, is a gift that keeps on giving. So um, it, it's like if you if you think Pasolini's solo is rocks, then you'll enjoy this book. Anyway, so he he just details this 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 miasma of 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 just shitty shit 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 shit. And the names keep coming up, you know, Gavin's name keeps coming up and Richard Spencer's name keeps coming up. And and these guys that are just trying to latch on to some version of significance to show their dads or something. I, I don't know. 
So I had I had I had to write about it. And it weirdly enough, I have to say, after being immersed in some of that garbage for for uh for the better part of the week, um, because you know, these are not really sound thinkers. They're not now, nor were they in 1933. I don't have you ever tried to read Mein Kampf? Yeah, okay. So um, you know, so it was weird that ultimately being immersed in that swill, a word I use in the substack, created, it just created, it changed my perception about, about the fights. <laughs> and, and it were only a couple of times during the UFC fight night that we were talking about uh, Holland and, um, and uh, well, Thompson. There were only a couple of times during that fight that, that I, I had the, the sads. And it's easy enough to figure out, probably probably correctly during Clay Guida and probably co- correctly during Darren Elkins. All right. These were, these were fights that made me feel weird and uncomfortable about being there. Completely unlike the weird... It, 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 let me give you some perspective. It all felt relatively downy, fresh, and clean. Speaking of downy, fresh, and clean, Whirlpool has fucked me again. I got the worst luck with these fucking washing machines. So now I have a, a, a stinking pile of uh, of jujitsu geese on the floor right now. And they say, we'll get out there right away. When's right away? December 13th. It's like, you motherfucker. Fuckers, I'm so goddamn sick of this fucking washing machine agitator. I I feel like I don't. It would drive you to murder if you were to hear something about oh somebody showed up at an LG washing machine factory with a gun. You just start making other plans for Sunday night because you know Eugene's gone. I said I'm gonna buy the most reliable one. Well, okay, what's that? Whirlpool, great records. They do it great. You don't need a you get a don't need another washer. Water all over the floor. Door won't close. Stinking clothes sitting in the fucking kitchen on the wet floor. I don't fucking need the 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 the, 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 the trouble. So this is all going on in the background this week, and also this week is a week that we got Kieran Achanaya, a guy, an Irish cat from Belfast, who came out to direct an Oxbow video on the weekend. Right, and clearly I didn't think this thing through. The song is called Icy White and Crystalline. And uh, we were going to do it over at Ruminator Audio, which is Monty Valier from that band Swell, his studio, and where I do all my uh, vocals. Very kind of mid-century modern type looking place. But then I happened to go to a Sunday matinee show of um, uh, the wife had a, um, a performance, a winter performance in... A Winter Story by Hans Christian Andersen reimagined The Snow Queen. And so I'm sitting in the theater and, of course, Icy White and Crystalline and The Snow Queen. So the whole background is like silver mylar and made to look wintry and so on. And I was like, man, it's too bad we can't film the video here. And just as I'm like saying that, dude stands up and says, hey, you know, we're independently run theater. We're always trying to make make rent. So if you ever could think of, so I waved the guy over, the guy comes over and goes, what are you doing tomorrow? He goes, well, we have a rave here tonight. I said, I didn't ask about tonight. I'm going to ask you about tomorrow. I explained what's going on. The guy goes, show up tomorrow. We're in. So we have change of plan. We go to the, go to the, uh, uh, his little theater, um, place I've been before a bunch of times. And I guess, yeah. So big ceilings, uh, rigging, lights, strobes, smoke, 
um, director's kind of nervous. He goes, you know, I don't, I don't want you guys to look like poison or or white snake. Uh, and I go, anybody who makes that mistake is not listening to Oxbow at all anyway. Okay, so forget that. So he says, great. So you have, you sync up the original track. You can so you get the playback and the band speaker to PA playing to the playback. It's much harder. I see. I didn't think this thing through. And he goes, we're just going to play. They play what? You're going to play this song until I get the shot. You can hear my voice. You know how many times we played that song? 37. We were there eight hours playing the same song. I'd like to say that I know the lyrics, having written the lyrics and having recorded the record and having listened to the mixing and the mastering of the record, after 37 times, yeah, I, I largely know all the lyrics at this point. Thank you. But you had to go full power for 37 times. This doesn't approach a live show. Uh, you know, a live set is eight songs. It's like eight songs. And there's a dynamic built into the set where not all of them are ragers. This song was kind of a rager. Let's do the math on this. We didn't do eight songs. We did 37, 8, 60, 24, 32. It's 32. Five more hours. So let's just say, so, I mean, this is four plus sets of music in one night. No, hey, how are you, Seattle? None of that stuff between. I couldn't, at the end of it, I couldn't walk. I seriously was like sitting on the handcart and like pushing. I'm hoping the video looks like something. We film another one next weekend. Fortunately, I'm just sitting in a chair in the audience in this one. But uh, I, I got home at 11 o'clock last night, was going to start the show. And I went, first of all, I was like this last night. The guy was good, but then I said, you know what? You know what? You know what? It's not so much that I lie, but I just say stuff that doesn't come true. So doing the show late last night, whatever. Do it during lunchtime today, whatever. Did a bunch of shit for work. I could take lunchtime. I'll deprive myself of a little food. Who cares? The show gets done. The work gets done. Everybody's happy. But a bing, but a bang, get out. Nobody gets hurt. To the fights. Everybody is jumping around, giving each other penal massages here about the Thompsons win. Okay, yes, I did pick other dude Holland. And that was a fantastic freaking fight. However, it's like my comp, one of my last competitions, the IBJJF, uh, purple belt, no gi, got injured in the finals. And there you go. Got injured in the finals. And the guy is an image of the guy jumping up after when I get injured. It's like, what What are you celebrating? You did not win. I low. I got you with a low single, took you down, passed your guard side control, and was about to start putting on the misery. And then I got injured. You happy about that? Now, I was angry with the guy. But then the guy and his wife called me over and 
did it, it, it. No, 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 no. They asked me for an, to an autograph on their fight book, and I was like, all right, that's okay. You can tell his friends, I beat the guy who wrote this book. That's all right. I got injured. So the fact that Holland broke his hand the first round and continued for the second, third, fourth, that's like like uh, like uh, uh, Mr. Zach said, it's kind of the shit we watch this fight. We, we, we actually are attracted to the sport for. But do not act like out there that uh, that uh, that uh, that Thompson won. I mean, Thompson. It took Thompson second, third, fourth rounds, three rounds, and he was getting tuned up the first round. Three rounds to beat a guy who had his hand broken. I think there are a lot of rosters, a lot of fighters on the roster with, with who one handed I could kick their asses. So I'm not going for this Thompson is back or this storyline that, but that, but plus he committed the cardinal sin, and you all know what it is. You're waiting and just sitting there waiting for me to address it, and you think I'm gonna address it, but I'm going to address it. The fuck is he doing hanging out with Jack Black? And I'll just save you the trouble for those of you who's like, why is Eugene so fucking spicy about Jack Black? Let me tell you, fucking Jack Black. Let me tell you about this fucking prick, Jack Black. So, Cintra Wilson says to me, hey, I have some meetings at Paramount. Would you like to go? Uh, yeah, I'll say, yeah, I'll go with you to your meetings at Paramount. It's going to be, no, 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 Listen, JB, before you get, listen to this story. So, so I go down to meet these people at Paramount, having a good trip. And then she says, hey, you know what? Let's meet my friend. Uh, let's my friend Jack is going to come by and meet us. He's part of this actors gang of people, right? This is before anything. The guy was not famous for shit at that point, and she kind of maybe drops in my ear beforehand that he was an ex. I don't give a shit. This is not like this is not my wife. What I'm mean, I'm not married to this woman. I and so we're sitting at this cafe on Sunset and just having a gumutlkeit, right? Just just comfortable afternoon, and Jack shows up. And, uh, you know, I understand that he's a comedian, so I'm primed. And he goes, so, Eugene. And then he'll ask me a question about, like, what do you do? What do you do? Da, 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 da. Um, and I start answering him. And he's like, so anyway. And he goes to, to, <laughs> to Citra and starts talking. And I start, I start laughing because it's kind of funny, right? Like... I have another friend who 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 he meets me. He, I meet his best friend, and his best friend says to me, "He says, what do you what do you do? You look like an athlete." I said, oh, no, "I play rugby." He goes, "What are you doing playing that faggot sport?" <laughs> I start laughing. I mean, that's your first lie. That's completely hilarious, right? I mean, I don't give a shit about you know whatever. So I start laughing, and he looks at me again, and um, he he waits a little bit. And uh, uh, and then he's then he's asking me again something you know about and and so and so I answer again and then he he just interrupts me again and starts talking about something else and uh, uh, oh JB that's good that's good Petra hated who maybe he's he'll be at the fucking show oh God that would be great. So he does this a few more times, and then I understand 
a very different thing is happening. I understand, you know, it's like when you're training with a guy, you know, and the guy like will give you a chin in the eye socket. That's me doing that to somebody else or an elbow. And the guy looks at me and then usually I laugh like, yeah, I'm an asshole. And then we're all okay. But then you look at a guy and he's doing that stuff and he's like angry. And and usually when I'm doing jujitsu, the thought that goes through my head is like, oh shit, you're really trying to fucking hurt me. And then rage is my handmaiden and it's all over at that point, right? So a little bit too late in the meeting, I realize he's actually trying to hurt my feelings. Like I'm just amused as fuck by the guy. And instead of taking the accolades of like, I meant to be funny. It is clear that I am funny. And, you know, I have the world's best audience here. Pat him on the back, pat him on the back, and we'll have a normal, you know, um, uh, we'll have a normal, you know, uh, uh, evening, afternoon. But he does, it keeps it up. And I just, at some point, I was like, whatever, man, you know, cool. I'm eating my, my tuna sandwich and eating it, whatever. Of course, as the years go by, in full New York, Brooklyn, Virgo fashion, as the years go by and the guy's profile gets and everybody starts tenacious D, I keep going back to that day. I keep chewing it over in my head. I keep with the day in my head and I'm going with the day in my head and I'm thinking, you know what? Also, I start to change. There's a great story by Lord Dunsany about um, this family and they have a son named Tommy Tonker and they uh, tr- put him in uh, uh, apprenticeship to Slith, I think is the guy's name, who who is a, a wor- the world's best thief. May, I can't, I'm getting the names confused, but whatever. He puts, and at some point the mother says, the mother says, we have to start locking the doors, dear. Dad, you know, she calls her husband. Have to start locking the doors. Our son, Tommy Tonkers, is now a thief. So, uh, uh, um, so, so over the course of years, it's like, you know, you got to start locking the doors here. Our son, Eugene Robinson, is a rageaholic. And so then I start to have this kind of thing, you know, I have my rock and roll fantasy you know, a spirit through the scalier, the spirit of the staircase, like the shit you would have said afterward. And I have myself standing up and smiling a big, broad smile and laughing. I slapped that fat fuck right off of his chair and into Sunset Boulevard. And I sit back down and go, you're funny. Now, I've been in that position before. I'm not going to say any names. And I actually pulled a punch with the memoir about dude who this guy was. I'm over at his house. His girlfriend who's famous is like, you should leave. You should leave. You should leave. I said, for what? I want to see do it. I want to say hi. It's not like we're having, you and I are having sex here. Let's say hi. And he comes in and he's drunk. I could smell it on him, but he's acting weird. But I think he's acting weird because he's drunk. And I see now I've stepped into the middle of some kind of cosplay where it's like, Oh, Eugene's coming over. Well, fuck you. You can leave. I'll have as much sex with him as I want. Oh, you bitch. And he goes out and he gets drunk and he comes back. And she's nervous. You got to get out. Got to get out before he comes. And he shows up. I'm oblivious to this. And they got one of these big New York kind of wedges to keep the door shut. Right. So dude comes in. 
and he produces a snake. You know what I'm talking about? Those collapsible batons with the knob on the end. He shakes it out. And as he shakes it out, like I'm, he walks in, the door is still open. I'm a New Yorker. I'm not leaving the door open. So I turn to close the door as I hear this thing go behind me and I knock down the pole. So I'm like, oh shit, you know, I'm fucking up your house. I bend down, I pick the pole up, I shut the door, put the thing back. And now the guy's standing there with the fucking thing, right? And I could see all of my, whatever I'm doing with the door, it was in that briefest of moment that whatever resolve he had just dissipated. And so he's standing there with this thing in his hand, right? Like doesn't know what, like it's still, and, but more importantly, he can see that I, I, I'm not getting it. Like when those Puerto Ricans almost stabbed me on the Lower East Side, which I did write about in the memoir. And so he's got this thing and he's kind of weaving and I go, oh, cool, man, you got one of those. I've been looking for one. And I just take it out of his hand. And I'm dancing around the room like I got a lightsaber. I go, oh, fuck, man, this is cool. And I'm putting it in and I'm snapping it up. And then I go, oh, sorry, I'm sorry. I got, I got to get going, you guys. And, and I put it back into his hand. And I think I even gave him a hug. I said, all right, bro, see you later. And I gave her a hug and I left him there. And then later I get home and I was like, this kind of weird. And then I contacted her. I go, did you guys, was that some kind of, what is it? You know? I mean, he was just not even a threat to me to be thinking about. This is back when I was 265, right? You know, I dude was like 170 whatever i he's a friend i wasn't fucking his old lady i was just there but but in this instance with jack black so wonder boy says that he's going to come out to jack black and i go what is it what is it about the 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 absolute okay and just for just if you're keeping track of the vendettas david cross is also a piece of shit I don't, I'm not going to go into the David Cross story. Very funny, just like Jack Black, but piece of shit. You know who's a good guy? Who's a good guy, Eugene? Bob Odenkirk's a good guy. And he may not be a lot of your jams, what with all the sex offending and so on, and then giving drugs to Phil Hartman's wife, who then shoots Phil Hartman in the eyes. But Andy Dick is not so bad either. But what I, you know, I'm saying he's a criminal. He's out of his mind, but. You know, he's under always nice to me, you know, all that whole crew. Bob Odenkirk was the best though. So, um, so so but what is it with these absolutely shitty human beings, Anthony Kiedis being one of them, and Jack Black, that they just they've glommed on to like one of the one things that I clearly and and honestly and patently enjoy and embrace. Well, that yeah, I'm kind of larding it up because you know I have my problems with MMA. What? Well, he's just sitting around and going, yeah, I want to make friends with fucking Stephen Thompson. Well, it's a good move because I still have plans to slap you off your fucking chair. You know, that might be mitigated by you showing up any place I happen to be with Stephen Thompson. But the point is not whether I get beat or not. The point is me getting my nut by slapping you off your fucking chair, which is going to happen. So uh, I'm just giving you some context. So when it makes TMZ... You don't think Eugene has lost his mind. You know, he's just going, there's no reason for this. Now, you know, I leave it much like a, much like Colonel Kurtz in Apocalypse Now. Is he a good man? Is he a bad man? Is he good? Who's going to tell that story? Me? Wrong. (laughs) Dennis Hopper, you are going to tell that story. Call in the TMZ, write in the TMZ and say, listen, 
Listen, Eugene was within dead to rights. Go, go ask Central Wilson. She'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, um, well, now, now, Hallie, Hallie and I have a, a more positive history, uh, which I, I can't talk about because. So anyway, so so I'm watching the fight, and I'm not I'm not giving I'm not falling all over myself to fillet Wonder Boy over this win. Yeah, and and you know. And 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 I have I actually feel like I have no dog in this hunt. I don't play favorites between Holland and Wonderboy. I think there's more of an upside to Holland. I think he's more entertaining than Wonderboy. Um, but Wonderboy can fight his ass off, and I'm glad to see him fight. I just don't think the fight that was the the, the fight was that big of a win. A big win, however, was Tuavasa getting murdered by this guy. I need to go back and rewatch his one loss to Overeem. Um. But this uh, Sergey is a is a freaking problem. He's a problem, bro. He's a problem, 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 problem. And all that stuff you want to say about a guy who distinguishes himself as a striker, like ah, oh, you know, he's a, and then you find out he's Sambo. Uh, I don't. Uh, he's a problem. I don't know if you've been punched by a heavyweight Russian, but I have. Uh, when I did that uh, Masters in the Mountains seminar up in uh, Truckee and the 320-pound Russian Sistema guy came. And you know what? There are pl- times and places to make fun of Sistema, like now. Uh, but standing next to a 320-pound black belt in judo, who's also a black belt in jiu-jitsu, who is a Sistema guy and Russian, you don't do it there. And I'm smart enough to know that you don't do it there. And I didn't do it there. And even then, during an interview for an old version of Knuckle Up, you could see me between him and the the great, wonderful Saints, uh, who is this, uh, 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 you know, 320-pound Native American, lives up on the reservation, Washoe Indian, really great body worker, standing between the two of these guys. And I'm interviewing them. And for reasons unbeknownst to me, for reasons unbeknownst to me, Sistema guy decides to punch me in the face in the middle of the interview. He's got hands the size of fucking ham hocks. And, and again, unlike the Jack Black thing, his reaction afterward, it was clear, though he knew he hurt me, that was never his intention to hurt me. He just thought it would be funny. And because of that, it was funny. Intent is everything. <laughs> uh, but, you know, um, so when I see Sergey and when I see what he did to Derek Lewis at first, I thought it was a fluke. And, they, you know, and I actually picked uh, Tuivasa to win this fight. Yeah, man. But, you know, the guy can pull the trigger. Pavlovich can pull that fucking trigger. He can pull that trigger. I mean... And then if it gets difficult, then whoever knows what level of Sambo he's he's dealing with. Who's going to make it past that first round? I, like I said, I really have to rewatch the Overeem fight fight with him. But um, strong and accurate, this is a damning combination because you understand what that means, the strength and the accuracy. That means that his cardio is not good. If you, yeah, you just go out to in front of your house right now and grab the average adult male and start fighting with him. That guy's going to gas after 30 seconds because he's not precise. He might even be strong, but he's not precise. It takes a lot of energy to not be precise. 
It takes a lot less energy to be precise and strong, even it out. But I was actually frightened. Frightened? How frightened were you, Gene? Frightened enough uh, uh, on a back-to-back with the Lidze and fucking Hermanson that I would actually, were, were I to be gotten in that calf slice rear naked choke thing, it was it was a pleasure to see him get hit. Because had he just gone full grappler and got you with the calf slicer and put on that rear neck, I would quit the fucking sport. I was tapping reflexively watching that. It was a blessing to get punched in the face at that point. That was the least bad thing that could happen to you. I don't know if you've been in that position. But and the guy digs his hips in. <laughs> you understand? I... I I, I really can't. I showed it to somebody uh, on, at the video shoot yesterday. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, well, you know, if you're flexible, it's like, I don't know how to explain this to you. If it's never happened to you, I, I don't know how how to explain that to you. But, um, but I, 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 you know, and Delize, who's now, who's now calling out um, Hamsa, Hamsat needs to be careful, man. You know, big mouth, big check. Somebody's going to try to cash it. Um, and you get a guy who's uh, who's not going to be, you know, the Blitzkrieg, the Hamsat Blitzkrieg is not going to. I mean, that's what that's what Sergey does, and that's what Hamsat does. But there's some people who can out-Blitzkrieg you. And then you're tired and out-Blitzkrieged. But suddenly now, heavyweight is something to watch. And they've got to be very fucking careful. I don't think they expected Sergey to be where he is. Everybody knew he was a problem, but this much of a problem? Now, I, I'm convinced. I would not have any problem at all with him against a Cain Velasquez. A healthy Cain Velasquez and I'm still calling for uh, I'm still calling for uh, a win. I don't think he could put him away before Kane could take him down. Don't think so. But he's beating a lot of guys that we've seen fighting heavyweight. He's beating a Stipe. Sorry, Stipe's got hands, not the same kind of power. He, he he's beating a Verdum. So, um, so the, that one, two punch of those guys uh, just had me and I watched every single fight, every single one, even the one that I said I didn't care about, which was, uh, 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 Clay Guida and the Clay Guida one I was watching for those listening in SoundCloud like this, I'm making the horror glasses where I'm peeking through my fingers. And this is also the sort of same deal I did with the Darren Elkins fight. And then when he starts saying stuff like, yeah, man, that guy, he could take punishment. Man, the chin on that guy, the chin on that guy, don't say that. And then, you know, he's playing to the crowd. Elkins is like, yeah, I'm covered in blood, man. This is like, yeah, but you know what? You know something I know? I know how old Elkins is. And I know how I feel the next day after 37 takes of a fucking song, of a three-minute song, right? And I know how he's going to feel after fighting like that. 
I've been, I, I've been, I put a, a mouthpiece back into my workflow because the inside of my mouth is getting banged up. Kane's charges did not get dropped. They just allowed him to go to, you know, to leave the state to work. But unless you heard something in the last few hours that I haven't heard, I don't believe his charges got dropped. The thing is, what's funny about that, the thing is, you move in the high-speed chase, you move in the, the collision, you move in the injury of the unintended party. But instead of having a man that was shot you have a man whose leg you broke in a fight, say, you pick them up. Dude is not looking at serious jail time. It's a gun that made the difference. However, <laughs> however, there are cases where a guy just shot some fucking thing up, shot up a storefront or whatever, shot at somebody. And he got arrested and his charges... And nobody charged dude with attempted murder. And I'm sorry. If you are shooting into a building that you believe to be populated, unless you believe the building is solid steel and doesn't is not porous, which you can't say if someone is shooting through a glass window, then I'm thinking that dude gets attempted murder. Or he gets a very good lawyer and they walk right by the attempted murder charge. But that's not the point. I don't want to get hooked up on the cane thing. The idea is that heavyweight is now a problem. Um, and it's 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 uh, um, yeah, man. Well, you know, people know about guns. They don't. There wasn't a lot of planning with that with the attack. There was not a lot of a lot of planning. I mean, they still haven't caught whoever murdered those four fucking white kids up in Idaho. So you plan something, you might get away with it, you know. Um, but anyway, unfortunately, with the heavyweight excitement, they've fucked around with heavyweight so long that it's almost not, you know. So, you know, is it going to happen with Ngannou and Jones? That's the only fight I care about in 2023. It seems like it's going to happen. So that leaves Stipe, odd man out. Putting Stipe against uh, 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 Pavlovich, is that good? Well, you don't like Steepy anyway. Oopsie doesn't. You know, Mick Maynard, they don't. The Sean Shelby, also known as Keith, clearly they don't like him. Clearly they don't like him. So you put him against Sergey. He gets pasted. You know, you got some Russian Croatian issue thing happening. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so there you go. He's out. So, you, you, you know, uh, so who else? He's already beaten Derek Lewis. He's beaten Tuivasa. So the problem with heavyweight has been you can't run him back through it like a Chase Sherman or somebody like that. You, you, now the kid's awake. She spends a lot of time crying these days. It seems like with two adults in the house, three adults that we should be able to work around, keep the kid entertained. Um, but she's always cranky when she wakes up from a nap. So, um, so, you know, so they, they have such a shallow field now. They can't put people in, like, okay, have him go against Curtis Blades. Maybe that's something. He beats Blades like I suspect he's going to. 
And then what I mean, pretty soon you got a guy who could threaten for the belt but has no constituency. Yeah, exactly. So what you have to do is give him guys that he can build up, that he can build his constituency on the back of. But who is that in heavyweight? Like I said, you can't run him back through his You got rid of Ben Rothwell. You got nobody there. What were you thinking? You're going to plan this shit ahead. Plan it ahead. I don't know. I, what, who do, I'm a guy in dirty underwear. What do I know? Other fights. The one that opened up the card, you know, she was great. Leopoldo Sorrell was calling me. Look at it. Look at it. Uh, uh, he's bugging me about something. Let's see what he has to say. Hello? Hey, Eugenia. Hey, I'm in the middle of the show. So that means you're... Okay, you're okay. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, listen. That means that you're on the show now. So tell the people something inspirational. Inspirational? Yes. Okay. Can I say uh, not what normally say? Yes. Fuck yourself. Ah, okay, I'll call you in eight minutes. <laughs> there you go. There go fuck yourself. There you go. That's inspirational. That's the kind of coach I have, and that's the team I'm on. And do you see what he said? Can I say what I always say? <laughs> Can I say what? Yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I don't fuck care. <laughs> oh man. Uh, uh, anyway. So I don't know what they I don't know what they do with the The woman who opened the show, she was great, and there was the other kid, uh, the Roe, who was great. The knockout bar. There were a couple, of, uh, and the kid who they're trying to sage North, but but actually has really great skills. I think maybe I'm talking about Roe, um, but they're all like 23, and I know if I go to the Oofsi and say hey, and they're like hey, we're just trying to build the sport. Really? Will you pay a 23 year old? Will you play them in like half-eaten sandwiches and M and M's? How do you? What are you paying them for? I got your magazine, kid, in a in a Snapple. It just—I mean, when I see an Elkins, and I it was that great line from that Black Flag song. Um, <laughs> what is that? Grab that Black Flag song uh, from the start. I see the end. I look at an Elkins, a, a bloody mess, thinking he's doing something. You know, Steve Holtzman retiring there with his kid and having this great emotional moment. And people are like, the fuck? Who, the f- who are you? Oh, you've been here a long time? Tough for you. And he hears this up to his 23, who's so excited about the opportunity. It's the most exciting thing that's ever happened to me. And you look down and say, we'll see you in 18 years. Sucker. Because you know it's going to be pretty nice in 18 years. That mansion in that pool that the bald one has. That's still pretty, that's probably gonna be pretty nice in 18 years. It's pretty nice now, I imagine. You know what they say you should absolutely never, ever, ever do when you're in Las Vegas outside of killing prostitutes? It says you should never, ever, ever get into a pool in Las Vegas. They started doing some of the testing the waters in those pools in Vegas and found out that you would be better off jumping into a app, you know, an active septic tank. Just because the water's blue doesn't mean it's clean. You want E. coli, cryptosporidium? Go swimming in Vegas. Oh, it's so hot out. I'm just going to dangle my feet in. Yep, sure you are. 
and Krauss thing. It's like now they're trying to get to the bottom of this guy. Well, of course, you make all these deals with DraftKings and all. You want to restore confidence in the sport. But look, if he bet on the other guy, what? You know what? Somehow we're unforgiving about that. You know, there's been talk about O.J. Simpson in the Hall of Fame. Well, maybe. I'm just making that up. I got a Cheerio on the floor. However, (laughs) you know what they won't brook with? Pete. Pete Rose. They keep bringing up Pete Rose. And Pete Rose is like, Jesus Christ, I'm like 80 now. Please, please let me. They're like, no, you fucking piece of shit. You gambling degenerate. Gambling degenerate. Hey, they don't want. That's a game. That's the game. It's like, you know who doesn't have a problem with that washing machine? Any casino in Vegas. Can't be running those rooms with dirty sheets. And they don't have to wait a week to get their thing fixed. Oh, fucking, fucking good. The con- accused anal rapist Connor McNuggets with the thing and then the whole liver king thing. It's like, come on. Come on. You you know, though, it's like the start of World War Two, or start of World War One, where, you know, everybody's arguing and all of a sudden Belgium gets punched in the mouth. Remember, this, somebody did that great breakdown of it and said if World War One was a bar fight and it was like Belgium was just like having a drink and <laughs> So this whole thing with the liver king starts fucking flying apart. Next thing we know, a field of unintended consequences, the rock is being called out by Ho Jogaine. <laughs> and then you guys who were, some of you who texted me or tweeted at me said, oh, so you got me. Yeah, the liver king wasn't a so you got me. He was a blubbering, you know, he's up to crying and expressing contrition. And I was, he didn't stand up there and say, so you got me. And what? What? You really believed eating testicles made you look like this? The joke's not on me. The joke's on you, fucker. (laughs) Or let's go back to Martin Scorsese's Mean Streets. Uh, De Niro's speech at the end, he goes, everybody in this neighborhood knows not to lend me money except for you. (laughs) You know, that's when the the, the rattlesnake that you've carried across the river, instead of shrugging the shoulders and saying, hey, I'm a rattlesnake, this is what I do, tells you how stupid you were for not realizing he was a rattlesnake and was going to do it anyway. And the bald one like Pepe and fucking Casablanca. There's gambling. Kraus has got to be a fall guy. That's fine. He's going to lose his team. That's fine. You know, whatever. He, he's Then he's just running a martial arts gym. And he's still a fighter himself. He could fight at Bellator or some other thing. He made a little. So you got me. I made a little mistake. It's more that he fucked the betting line because everybody knew something was going on because all of a sudden the odds were shifting in a really weird way fast. You keep that shit to yourself. I'll tell you something else. There's a woman named Andrea. Uh, a woman named Andrea who I was really wanting to have sex with. And I'm going to end this on a high note. And I said, hey, I went to some Christmas Eve party. High on coke and I was drinking my ass. I was 16. She was like 20. I said, hey, Andrea, I got the car. You know, you need a ride? You want home? And she goes, yeah, give me a ride home. And I go, you sure? She goes, yeah. I go, can I come in when I get there? She goes, yeah. 
And I was like, fucking A, I thought she was so hot the whole time. This is great. So I walked to the coat room where my buddies are all doing coke in the coat room. So I said, like, give me some of the coke. And they go, where you going? So give me my coat. And they go, what do you mean? Were you leaving? I said, yeah, I'm leaving. Man. I'm, I'm, I'm a fucking Andrew tonight. And they all get this weird look on their face. And I was like, what? What's the matter with you? And I turn around and Andrew's standing right there with me in the room. <laughs> oh, man. I still feel bad about that. I still feel bad about that mostly because I didn't have sex with Andrea. I turned around, saw her there. And I was like, yeah, put my coat back on the hook. Went back to doing coke. Good night. <laughs> I mean, so you got me. Anyway, the show is done. I got to get back to work. It's uh, uh, hour long, <laughs> lunch break, lunch hour. Let's see where we are. Uh, the, uh, June already kicked out the Care Don't Care preview. Uh, I don't think I had as many fights, not as many fights on the, uh, ah, Mr. Z, I mentioned you during the show, Mr. Z. Uh, I don't think I have as many cares as last week's fight. Uh, I, I, the one unexpected care, well, maybe not. I've been I've been backing off my Polish fighters for a long time, but I, I picked Blachowicz and I was the only one to do so. I gotta take a fly. I'm stepping up. Give me red black, red thirteen on uh, on the roulette wheel. I'm taking a flyer on this one. So, uh, so that's already out now. So check out Care Don't Care. If you're following me on the Twitter machine, I retweeted it out tomorrow night. If the shoes fit, I think Nash is finally back from his vision quest, his walkabout in Minnesota, wherever the fuck he went. Uh, so that means Kid Nate is not on tomorrow night. Um, and, uh, you got the Substack, and also my stuff on Wong duty. It looks like they were finally going to go into production on some of the four interviews that I have, um, finishing up the fourth one right now. So that should be cool. I'll, I will tweet that out or post that or make mention of it on the, uh, on the, on the Instagram, which is still hasn't really pissed me off yet as a way, as a medium of, of exchange. So, uh, Read the Substack. Uh, uh, hmm. Let's see. What else we got? We got the care, don't care. We got that the shoes fit. Uh, and you got the long duty thing, which is now at the end of nowhere.com. And it covered the, the Oxford video, the lateness of the show. And uh, uh, I got Joe Gold's book. And uh, oh, one other thing. I finally got my hands on that. Oxbow and Peter Bratzman, an eternal reminder of not today. Buy it. It's all over. You can get it on the internet. Uh, you should check it out. It is a great show. I finally got it and intend to listen to it uh, as I finish off my work day. So thanks. The kids, she's screaming, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to excite the, the, the beast in her. So, uh, no, it's Nash. It's Nash back tomorrow. So I'm going to go. And you know how I end the show? I usually scream, but I can't do it because I get to sleep. But look what your baby does.